hello, hello. Welcome to Kernels of Truth, brought to you by Progress Kentucky. We have got an important episode for you this week. We are working hard to rally the troops against the exhausting work of defending our Commonwealth against the GOP supermajority. This week, we're touching on the social safety net, libraries, head shops. Uh, we've got a heartwarming campaign corner about rescue pets with Ethan Branscombe. Uh, and then we're going to close with an update on the war on teachers from good troublemaking guest Nima Brewer, the 120 Strong co-founder. But first, are you ready to help turn Kentucky purple? Uh, we all know our Commonwealth has more to do if we're going to beat back the red wave of bad politics and policy from the GOP supermajority in Frankfurt, from bills to block reproductive justice to cutting taxes for the wealthy uh, while kicking more people off of uh, social safety net benefits. We are, we're going to need your help to make it happen. Uh, if you want a Commonwealth that works for all of us, join Progress Kentucky. It's easy. Follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, wherever you spend time on social media. Make sure to just like, share, comment on our content. Help us juice the algorithm so more folks see what we uh, see what we say. Uh, and in fact, if you're watching right now, just give us a like. You know, say like the like the show because when you like it, more people see that you like it, and then other people see. Oh, I want to see what they like. Oh, that's pretty good. That Aaron guy knows what he's talking about. Not really true, but uh, we really do need to, to spread the word. Uh, and if you're hearing us uh, on the podcast, please do leave us a review. Uh, that really does help make sure more people hear the podcast. So uh, let's now check in with our, the amazing co-host we've got for you this evening. Let us know who you are, where you are, and what does your protest sign say today? Uh, you there on the internet, you're not off the hook. You can put it in the comments. If we like what you say, we'll put it on the screen because we have that technology there. Uh, so I'm Aaron. I am coming to you from Lexington. I'm in Childsburg, which is a community uh, uh, just on the outskirts but within the Fayette County growth boundary, just barely. Uh, my sign says, uh, rescue pets are the best pets. Uh, uh, listen to Ethan Lawmakers. It says, it's, that's just gotta listen to it. I have not taken the time to actually write out my, uh, my sign yet. One day I'll do it again. But uh, before, um, before you hear from Ethan, let's go ahead and touch base with the rest of our co-host. Kimberly, are you there? I am here um, hurting somewhat, but I am here. I'm going to take my glasses off for a second. Um, I'm Kimberly Cecil Jones, and I'm here in Louisville, Kentucky, um, home of the Bray, home of the Kentucky Derby. And uh, tonight, my protest sign says, I hope you guys can see it. It says, hashtag teach truth. All history matters. Oh, that's and, awesome. Yeah, and Aaron, you, you look like that guy, Mike. You know that um, director or whatever? And he's all Mike. up into politics. What's his name, Mike? What? You guys know what I'm talking about with the dark hair. He's real, real kind of, um, you know, heavier on the heavier <laughs> side a little bit. Wait a you minute. Know what I'm talking about. Michael, you all know the director. He did the thing on 9-11 and mm -hmm. yeah. Somebody help a sister out. Like y'all know who I'm talking about. The goofy know, Let guy. me look at these comments. Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pretend I don't know who you're talking about because I'm no, not no, no. It's like. always like on MSNBC. Yeah, yeah, CNN. no, I know exactly who you're talking about. What's um, it? Yeah, you look like Michael Moore tonight with that hat on. With the hat. Yeah, and that sweatshirt jacket thingy, or whatever you do. 
Okay. I love you. You're still my brother. Um, I, 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 yeah. Look, I respect Michael Moore on on many fronts. Yeah. Uh, he once bought me lunch. Fun fact. Uh, he yeah. once bought me lunch in New Hampshire. Uh, but uh, I will say this: I he might not be the first person I want to be said be told I look like. Oh, you know, that's my that's my ego speaking. But okay, I'm just gonna say you. You know what? You look like Michael Moore's money. How about that? <laughs> no, nice. Yeah, nice try. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna sting for a while, uh, and I don't know when I'll get over it. But when I do, you will notice uh, I, I'm appreciably warmer to you, Kimberly. That's Thank when you. Um, it's not gonna be tonight. Moving on. All right, Doug. What do you got for us? Okay, I just want to say just right off the top. Um, you can rest assured knowing that sometime when Michael Moore is talking to somebody and they say, who is the most important person you've ever met? It's probably going to say Aaron Biles. My name is Doug Price. I'm from Harrison County, Kentucky. And if you like car shows, the Cynthiana Rod Run is returning to downtown Cynthiana in August 2022. It's a big deal. So come here during that time. And here's what my sign says. Republican legislators, my way or the highway will not work forever. They will. They're going to test you on that. What I love about Doug is he he brings something new every single week. Something new about Cynthiana. I did not know the Rod Run was coming back because I didn't know the Rod Run existed. But very exciting to know that the Rod Run will be happening in August 2022. Head on out there for Cynthia, uh, Cynthiana's now famous Rod Run. Um, uh, all right, so let's let's move into news of the week. Uh, we got some stories we got to cover. We got a jam-packed show. Let's get to it. First one, we're going to talk about HB7. So this is the new attack on the social safety net of our Commonwealth, uh, SNAP, Medicaid. The GOP supermajority's war on the poor of our Commonwealth continues. Uh, according to our friends at the Kentucky Center for Economic Policy, HB7 would implement several harsh measures, making it harder to get and keep food assistance through the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, or SNAP, uh, and medical assistance through Medicaid. Together, these changes will lead to tens of thousands of Kentuckians losing vital assistance with groceries, medicine, and doctor's bills, largely by tripping them up with added paperwork requirements. This will not only hurt families and grocers, farmers markets, hospitals, pharmacies that serve them, it will also work in, uh, weaken the local economies, particularly in rural Kentucky. Uh, and create many new layers of administrative work for the cabinet uh, for healthy and sorry the cabinet for health and family services, uh, slowing down access to all uh, cabinet for health and family service administered programs like the child child care assistance program. So lots of new rules, lots of new re reporting requirements. We got a couple of graphics to kind of put that into context. Context: two nearly two hundred thousand uh, Kentuckians could lose access. Uh, to their health care through Medicaid because of these re reporting requirements. Uh, and really, it's these are efforts to take away the state's ability to make it easier for people in need to access these services. Uh, I think it is terribly shameful. Uh, unfortunately, I think it actually might play well to certain elements of these politicians' base. Uh, as folks know, 
Progress Kentucky has been doing outreach to important swing precincts throughout the bluegrass, speaking directly with working class voters about how they feel the government should be involved in the economy and how folks think the government has responded to the pandemic. It has really been powerful. It's truly eye-opening to have these conversations. I've met some wonderful folks out in Franklin County, out in Clark County. We made phone calls to Montgomery County, uh, Woodford. A key takeaway that I've realized is there are a lot of stories uh, and a lot of concern about people gaming the system, right? So folks will acknowledge that the social uh, support programs, either with pandemic or otherwise, have helped people that they know, maybe helped themselves, but there is a huge amount of resentment about folks who get assistance, who don't deserve it, or are perceived to be gaming the system. So as much as this legislation will have a very real, very negative impact on the people who need these services the most, I'm concerned that it actually could be sold to some voters as an effort to keep folks from gaming the system. Uh, so, you know, this is, I think, problematic on a, on a lot of levels. Uh, you know, the most, you know, the most significant being the impact on the people uh, that these, these systems uh, should serve. Uh, but then the fact that, you know, these shameless politicians could sell this as something that, you know, in fact, uh, is doing exactly what some people would like to see them do, which is kick people who don't deserve these uh, these re uh, programs off of them. Of course, the reality is it's going to affect people who really absolutely need them. Uh, it, you know, there's plenty of things right now to check against people gaming the system. Those, those absolutely exist already. This is absolutely unnecessary, cumbersome, duplicative. And again, it's going to keep the, the, these very important cabinet uh, workers who are overtaxed, you know, who are overwhelmed, undercompensated, more work that they really aren't going to be able to do very well. So, uh, you know, lots of uh, far-reaching impacts of HB7 uh, and one that, you know, I'm concerned is going to, you know, speed through the legislature if we, you know, if we... Um, Look at what the uh, the the tendencies of this H uh, this uh, GOP supermajority have been so far this session. So, uh, Doug or Kimberly, any thoughts about HB seven? Uh, just a quick comment from me: the uh, Republicans are the anti-Robin Hood. They take away from the poor to give to the rich. Absolutely, yeah. I think this this we'll, we'll touch base a little bit later uh, on. I think the status of HB eight, uh, which you know, kind of absolutely is, is part and parcel with this that uh, anti Robin Hood agenda. Uh, how about you, Kimberly? Um, there's been an assault on um, supplemental services for decades now, going all the way back to Ronald Reagan <laughs> when he called. Uh, those women on um, supplemental um, services, welfare queens. Um, society always takes it that is um, mainly uh, black and brown people that get these services, but statistics and data has proven that 70% of those that receive these resources all around the country are white. Now, I don't know what these Republicans are actually doing in Frankfurt because, you know, uh, most of those uh, that probably support them uh, do get some type of supplemental services. You know, you're talking about taking food from the mouths of their children. You're talking about taking health care away from their children. So um, I think it's just rhetoric. I think it's just talk. I don't think it's going to go through because it's going to affect too many of the Republican constituary. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, Kentucky's a poor state. So if you affect the programs that uh, are supposed to help the poor, uh, you know, whoever your political base is, they're going to be um, uh, affected. We'll see, though. We'll see. I, I hope that your, you know, skepticism about this bill making its way through the legislature is warranted. We'll keep an eye on it. We'll let folks know uh, as this you know, session co comes to a close where where things are with the number of the bills we've been tracking. All right. So we're going to move on to a couple of interesting bills that Doug has been uh, following. Uh, bill, what have you, uh, Bill, <laughs> Doug, uh, Doug with the bills. Uh, tell me about these bills, Doug. Uh, sure. The first bill I want to highlight is House Bill 480 and a companion bill in the Senate, SB 167. Both bills direct the county judge executive to remove all members of county library boards and reappoint new members. Bills in both houses seem to indicate a coordinated attack. When my wife and I first heard about HB 480, she immediately mentioned that it sounds like they want to be able to control library boards in an effort to censor books that may be held in the library. That was about two weeks ago, and it seems this may come to fruition for them. With 120 counties, one would think we might have some diversity among county judge executives. Well, no, not, not actually. My wife and I spent a little bit of time the other day trying to track that down, and I believe that we have three white female judges, one black female judge, and the rest are white males. Currently, there are 70 Republican county judge executives, 47 Democratic judge executives, and three independent county judge execs. I have been told that the Republican Party of Harrison County hopes to have Republicans appointed not only to party elected officials, but to all positions, including school board positions. Currently, one of the elected magistrates on the Harrison County Fiscal Court has changed his registration and is running for the county judge exec's position as a Republican. Would a library board controlled by the county judge exec be able to direct the removal of books from libraries? Folks, are we headed for a Republican legislative dictatorship in Kentucky? The next bill that I want to talk about is I'm going to highlight it's House Bill 28. This one is making the rounds and the primary sponsor is Representative Savannah Maddox, along with at least 23 co-sponsors. Act is related to immunization disclosure and during discussion on the bill in a committee meeting on Tuesday, I heard several legislators point out that this applies only to COVID. COVID is not mentioned in the bill anywhere. Representative Maddox agreed this was a case, but wait a minute, the bill reads immunization status. And that means the status of either having received or not received a vaccination for vaccine preventable disease or vaccine granted emergency use authorization by the United States F Food and Drug Administration. Will this include many other vaccines? It certainly doesn't uh, delineate. Uh, the bill also allows anyone to refuse vaccinations based upon conscientiously, conscientiously held beliefs. Where does this lead us? If I have a uh, conscientiously held belief that I don't have to wear a seatbelt or that I don't have to obey speed laws because of my beliefs, I can smoke in a restaurant, right? 
I suppose we will learn more about this bill as it moves through the legislative process, but it really is scary right now. What do y'all think? Uh, I think I wouldn't put it past them to try to control the libraries to ban books. I really, at this point, I really wouldn't. Uh, I would hope that they would have better things to do with their time, but I, I'm not convinced. Uh, how about you, Kimberly? I say the same thing weekly. When it comes to the Republicans, nothing is shocking or surprising anymore. And uh, you're talking about banning certain books and information. So, I mean, like, are we sliding to third base like Russia, where Putin is now wanting to cut the entire country off from the rest of the globe? Um, are the Republicans here trying to cut Kentuckians out of uh, pertinent knowledge that one would need to operate in this, what we call world system. So um, once again, I, I, I don't think that's gonna go through. That's gonna be a long haul. Uh, it could go through maybe the next election cycle if it is predominantly Republicans again, but this is the time, ladies and gentlemen, to primary these people, get them out, get them out. You have the right to tell your child or whomever, you know, no, I don't want you to get those type of books. I want you to get this. When you get older, you can read that. But let us have choices. Uh, I feel like the Republicans, they want to dictate women's uteruses. They want to dictate what we read, what we see, what we eat, what we do. And they surely want to dictate uh, what's in our bank accounts and how much money we have. So it's not surprising to me at all. Yeah, I definitely feel like this could be... I don't think banning books is popular. I'm just going to go out on a limb. I think that would be a, a, a kind of a bridge too far. Uh, but I think it's really critical that, you know, those who oppose these policies talk about them in the right way, talk to people about them. You know, this is the thing that, you know, really inspires me to do this show every week. You know, we're all volunteering. No one's getting paid to do this. We're doing this because we, we care about our commonwealth. And the reality of it is, you know, I've been very, I think, informed and inspired by these conversations that I'm having out there in these communities. Working, you know, working class folks are not paying attention to what's happening in Frankfurt. And of course, why would they? It is not like inspiring. It's not, ex you know, it's just another like, it's just a wave of like we say every show, a wave of bad policy and bad politics. Who wants to pay attention to that? So, you know, the folks that we're talking to is that, you know, they're, they don't really trust, they absolutely don't trust corporations. They know that they're not out there doing the best thing for uh, their workers, but they don't really trust the political system to care uh, to care about you know them at all either. So it's a lot of just you know cynicism about the system and how it works. And bills like this, I think, absolutely underscore that cynicism. What we need to do is is you know show folks how they can push back against it, how they can win a campaign against it. And unfortunately, it's hard to show it because right now with this GOP supermajority, they can kind of get away with whatever they want to do. So it does require us to like, it's a long game, right? Like we got to show people the policies are really bad because the politicians are really bad because we're not voting in the right kind of folks. And that's not, you know, we're a little bit of an immediate gratification society, right? And I think the Amazon Prime memberships have screwed us all up in terms of what's realistic to expect and what kind of timeline. So, you know, the, the work is is, is, is upon us. Uh, speaking of 
unrealistic timelines. We are now going to move to uh, Kimberly's news. You I, need I had a comment. Okay. I, 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 had, I had a comment. All right. And um, uh, your honor, uh, Judge Moore. I mean, I mean, I'm sorry, Judge Viles. Um, <laughs> so on my I need to uh, say this really quickly. When I was young, I was treated as a child by my mother, my father, and my grandparents. But now that I'm an adult, I make my own decisions. And that's the type of mentality that all of us need to keep as we go through this horrific trifling, yes, I, I said it, trifling uh, regime right here in our own backyards in Kentucky. So you are an adult. You have a voice. It will be documented. And everyone do something about it. I don't need anybody telling me what I can read and what I can't read. You know, I really don't. So I'm ready now for my under five. Oh, yeah. We'll see. Maybe it's going to be under four. Uh, Judge Moore has got some new rules here. I don't know. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> all right. Let's hear what you got. I know you've got some important stories. I've seen them. I want to hear them. Doug, if you, do you have the timer? Yes, I have the timer. All right. Let's Let's get to it. Well, actually, first on the agenda, why does it say one minute or something already? Uh-uh, uh-uh, show it. Show it, Dougie Fresh. Uh-uh, uh-uh, show that. I saw one minute or something. See? Oh, start again. Okay, I'm ready. Aaron, why are you looking at me like that? Okay. Number one, Delta 8, as I always talk about, Delta 8 is currently allowed, but how long? It is up for debate, and, it, and this advances in in the uh, Senate here in Kentucky, trying to ban intoxicating Delta-8. Um, I wouldn't call it so much intoxicating. I would just say mood elevating Delta-8. And it is 100% hemp hybrid derived from hemp. So according to the Farmers Bill of 2000, what was it, 2000, 2018, hemp is allowed in all 50 states. So I'm going to be the leader of making sure that Delta 8 remains legal in Kentucky. Now, uh, also, uh, we always get embarrassed in Kentucky. I, people say, where are you from? I'm like, mm, in the Midwest, kind of South. Uh, Thomas Massey was one of three members of Congress devoted standing with Ukraine, affirming his long-term affair with Putin. I mean, are you surprised? I use that word a lot, but I'm not like, wow. Yeah, that sounds about right with Thomas Massey. And also with Rand Paul, you know, the things that he does as well. And, uh, you know, Rand Paul was one of the 10 Republicans willing to hold up U.S. support to Ukraine and funding our own government in order to rail against federal COVID testing and vaccine mandates. So uh, we know what a, mm -mm, I'm not going to say the word, but I'm going to say what a mm -mm, Rand Paul and Thomas Massey are. Quick update though, on a bill that we covered last week, that was House Bill 8, the bill to ultimately get rid of the state income tax. After the bill cleared the full house on the strength of the GOP support, the economic impact was released. The bill would punch a $900 million hole in the state's budget 
for a two-year period. We can't afford that, you guys. We can't. Clearly, this bill is an effort to force massive spending cuts. $900 million is as much as the state spends on higher education annually. So with my last remaining 15 seconds, I will just say this. The Republicans at Frankfurt, I think they want to keep us sick, uneducated, and ready to just, and for all of us to be divided against one another. So that's just Kimberly's take on it. Back to you, Aaron. All right. And Doug, what was the time? How does she do it, folks? How does she do mm-hmm. it? Such, such important news. So much news. Such little time. All right. We're going to move on to Campaign Corner. Uh, which is you know one of my favorite segments where we bring someone else on to talk about what they're working on, uh, what they want to do for a better state and a, a more compassionate Commonwealth. Uh, and so today we are absolutely honored to have with us Ethan Branscombe. Uh, Ethan Branscombe has been working for uh, a number of years, folks. He's been working for years to ensure that our state makes rescue pets the uh, official pet of the Commonwealth uh, Ethan Branscombe, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing today? Doing good. Awesome. Uh, so I said you've been you've been working for years to make rescue pets the uh, official off, uh, pet pet of our Commonwealth. How is that humanly possible that you've been working for years on something when you were clearly not very many years on this earth? Well. I just want these animals to get homes. That's pretty much my dedication. I just want these animals to get the homes. All right. And so what would you, you know, you got, you got a piece of legislation that you've been, uh, been working on. Is that right? Yeah. And, and how's that fight going for you? Uh, thus far, we have not got our house bill assigned to a committee and our Senate bill is stalling. All right. Uh, and so, you know, what, what, what inspired you to like pick up this cause and, uh, you know, think about an actual state law, uh, in support of rescue pets? Well, I had seen that Ohio had made rescue pets their state pet. So I thought this would be kind of good for Kentucky and help get these animals adopted. Awesome. Uh, and so you came, you saw that Ohio had done it. Obviously, if Ohio can do it, heck, Kentucky can do it too. And what did you find when you, you when you approached legislators about this? Yeah, I actually found that it kind of stalled, but also went pretty good. Yeah, you found some folks who were willing to kind of champion the issue for you? Yeah, the first uh, year we got through the House with flying colors, actually. So we know in the House we've got a lot of support. Literally only two people voted against it. Uh, well, that's awesome. So, it, But it stalled out in the Senate, uh, and that was the first year. So you passed the House, stalled in the Senate. You come back the next year. What happened? The next year, uh, it made through the House again. Again. Well, but died in the Senate. What is wrong with these senators? Have they no hearts? <laughs> no idea. You're not sure. You're not going to. Yeah, they might be watching. Don't say it. Uh, all right. And so what's your strategy? How are we going to how are we going to get this bill done this year? Well, this year, I think we're going to try and do coordinated efforts like uh, I believe it was March 8th. 
that we're going to have uh, Animal Action Day where we're going to ask everybody to call the legislative line. On March 8th. Yeah. Write it in your calendars, folks. Wait a minute. What's Wait, today? Mar no, March 18th. <laughs> yeah. 18th. That's better. It's better to have the day in the future than in the past. Yeah, you'll get far better engagement there. All right. So uh, 18th, folks, write it in your calendar uh, so we can call and make this happen. If, if folks don't know the legislative uh, comment line, what's the matter with you? I mean, people, come on. <laughs> if you've been watching this show, you know that... We're going to ask you each and every episode to make calls on some bills. This is a really good uh, bill to make a call on. Are there numbers? Do you have numbers for us with these the bill numbers? Yeah. Um, SB 72 and HB 100. Uh, all right. Say that one more time. HB 100 and SB 72. Wonderful. All right. Everyone got that? Uh, make the phone calls, people. We need uh, – they need to hear from you. Rescue pets. Who's against rescue pets? Those heartless folks in the Senate, apparently, uh, who, you know, apparently they just like purebred pets. I don't get it. Uh, all right. So there's the number in case you're looking for it. It's 1-800-372-7181. And like I say, every time I ask you to make the phone call, they are the nicest people in the Commonwealth. They are clearly not actual senators you're talking to. But on March 18th, make the phone call. Uh, tell them that you support rescue pets. HB 100, SB 72. Uh, you're you're on Team Ethan, and you want to make sure that these pets are uh, find homes, right? Forever homes. Thank you. That would be great. Awesome. How many how many rescue pets do you have in your house? Two. One Two. actually is really rescued, as in we rescued it. Well, my mom and dad, because I wasn't born yet, uh, rescued a dog from the side of the road that had been dumped by somebody. They found her on the 4th of July, so she's named Liberty Bell. <laughs> oh, my word. That's, that's, that's a good story. Yeah, she's actually the most obedient one in our house. Hank is not super obedient. He's definitely the most loving dog. Well, they're both really loving, but he's a very nice, loyal dog. Uh, he likes to shoot paper towels up. Oh, that's always fun. No, wait, that's never fun. That's what that is. That's never fun. Fun for the dog, not fun for you. All right, so yeah. uh, some folks are asking about your shirt, Ethan. Can you show us your shirt? Yeah. Ethan's Rescue Pet Project. Oh, my gosh. Is that Liberty Bell, or who is that on the shirt? That's actually just a dog and a cat. All right. <laughs> uh, how do we get that? Can we get these shirts? Are they available? Can people buy them? Yeah. Awesome. Where? You can get them on my page. All right. I think we've shared the page on uh, the screen. If we haven't, let's do that. Make sure we'll put in the run of show notes so everyone can find that uh, and click on it. Uh, maybe Annabelle can pull it up right now. Maybe Nate can put it in a comment. I don't know. But uh, that's awesome, Ethan. Thank you for working to make our Commonwealth more compassionate. We appreciate the work that you're doing. Uh, I hope the Senate will, you know, their hearts will melt and they'll actually move forward uh, with this bill. Uh, and, uh, and and yeah, good luck with the effort, okay? Thank you. No, Sounds thank great. you. Uh, and I think we're, we've wrapped it up before bedtime. That's fantastic. <laughs> have, a, have a great night, Ethan. You too. Bye. All right. That was Campaign Corner, the most heartwarming campaign corner we've ever had. 
uh, by far. I was pretty inspired when we had the uh, Kentucky student voice team. They were pretty awesome. Uh, but man, those were, they were like really old compared to Ethan. Uh, so uh, that's wonderful. All right. We're going to, we're going to move on quick um, to our interview because we are running a little bit late because we have a jam packed show. Uh, so now we're going to bring on Nima Brewer, uh, who is the co-founder of 120 Strong, uh, a in the in the in the in the verbiage of the great John Lewis. Uh, Nima is a, a an amazing uh, good trouble maker, uh, and Nima has you know more power to her. She has paid a lot of attention to what's going on with the legislature and. And their their war on stu- uh, war on teachers. I think it really is an absolute uh, the the number of bills, the the volume of of bills that they are pushing forward, and how they would affect the teaching profession. Uh, really is staggering. So we want to get an update uh, from Nima. Nima, thank you so much for joining us. You got it. And can I just first of all say that there should be no other um, example of what's wrong in Frankfurt in the fact that Ethan has had to fight this hard to get rescue dogs and rescue animals made the state pet. I mean, if if this doesn't show you just the filth and trash that they are working on daily, that this is not, it's not hard, but yet, you know, here we are. And so I always say the Senate is where everything uh, good goes to die a painful, painful death. And so, you know, I think everybody should get behind um, Ethan's bill. It's ridiculous. It's actually uh, pathetic and sad. But anyway, that's that. That's my plug for Ethan's bill. <laughs> on, on to more pathetic and sad things. Let's. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, uh, you know, uh, four years ago, uh, there were a bunch of us that were basically just uh, happy living our lives and paying our taxes and, and doing our thing. And, you know, we started paying uh, close attention to our pensions. Uh, I'm not a teacher, which is shocking to a lot of people. Uh, but I am in the teacher retirement system. So their money is my money. And, you know, uh, growing up, I was always told you don't mess with family and you don't mess with somebody's money. And so anytime you do either or, there's a fight on your hands. And so, you know, we were just watching this four years ago and a bunch of us were like, what are we going to do? And so what we did was we formed this secret grassroots group, about 42,000 at the time joined. um, And we just shut down the state. And uh, we shut down 30 districts first off the bat. And nobody knew who we were, where we came from. Well, some people did, and they weren't real happy about it. (laughs) But, you know, uh, it just needed to be done. And, hell, it could need to be done again. You know, who knows at this point. But what we're really fighting right now, there's two really nasty, nasty bills. Um, HB9 is the charter school bill. Um, And, you know, I think what's happened in Kentucky, because, you know, I'm in Fayette. And so a lot of times we see that people assume that these bills will only affect Fayette or Jefferson. And so all the other counties are more than happy just to kind of ignore them because it doesn't affect them. Well, this time it's going to affect us all. And it's probably going to affect the rural counties a lot more and a lot deeper cuts a lot more issues there because, you know, charter schools can be online and they don't need brick and mortar buildings and they can come in and swoop down and take, uh, you know, students, which in turn, the way the seek formula is, 
is, you know, we are funded by the number of students we serve. That's how we staff. But we still have to pay all the bills, all the electricity. You know, you don't just get to cut off half the building because you've only got half the building full. And so it's really going to put uh, a bunch of our rural counties, I would say the majority of them, in a really bad bind. And I don't think that people understand that outside of the blue bubbles, right? And so, you know, this isn't just about Fed and Jefferson. Um, it's about us all. And it really um, will change the face of public education as we know it in Kentucky. Some might argue that's a good thing. But I say, why not fund us the way it needs to be funded? Why not invest in our people? But instead, what they're doing in Frankfurt is they're kicking our people in the teeth on a daily basis. It's like these attacks are just nasty and it's petty, it's gross, and they know exactly what they're doing. And I'll tell you what, what really, the thing is, is your public school is your community. And, you know, a lot of people don't think about that, but we're the places you vote. We're the places where they have town meetings a lot of times. And every Friday night during the fall, we are the source of pride in these small communities. And even you see it on ba in basketball. We are, the, we are the epicenter. We feed your kids. We clothe your kids. We give health care to your kids. And we serve all kids. And see, that's the thing. A lot of people think that public education is just about their kid. No, 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 no. It's all kids. So, and it's what is best for the whole. But what we've seen in this country over the last several years, and you all know, is that we've become a very self-centered, me, me, me uh, country who doesn't think about the community as a whole. It's just whatever I want. You know, we see people like Jerry Miller, Representative Jerry Miller, getting on Twitter and, and complaining because he couldn't get a chicken plank one day. Well, you know, because of the worker shortage. Well, boo-hoo, Jerry. Boo-hoo. You know, go get something else to eat. Or how about this? Make yourself a sandwich. I mean, you know, it, it's just this constant uh, self-centeredness. And this is why we've got to where we are right now. And make no mistake, this was a targeted attack. And uh, an attack that was funded by big, dark money and has been spreading all over this country like a cancer. And, you know, and Kentucky's no different. And we see it, we know it's here, but we have been ill-prepared to stop it. And especially because a lot of people, especially in the 120, thought we got rid of Bevan, we're fine. No, 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 no. You know, and we're not going to be fine until we level this playing field within the House and the Senate. And yeah. that's how real government should work. It should be both sides that are coming together for consensus. But what we have here is, is we just have a free-for-all of some nasty, nasty bills. So that's HB9, and we're really pushing hard uh, against it because it's not good for Kentucky. It's not. Right. Right. And then it seems like there's a number of, of, of really challenging bills. I think, you know, in, uh, the, the charter school bill obviously can suck away funding. You know, even if you look at things like, you know, HB8, that could, you know, defund the state uh, and, you know, the, the funds that are, are made available uh, through for, for primary education would be cut. And then, of course, we've got the teacher gag bills. Those have gotten a lot of attention. We had folks on uh, from the 
the student uh, Kentucky student voice team to talk about those gag bills. And then also SB1, uh, which, you know, uh, changes the decision, kind of the curriculum authority uh, and in schools and who gets to make the decision about what's being taught in schools. It really is. It does. It I wasn't joking around. It feels like a war on teachers. You know, there's just so much happening right now in the state house that does not make a teacher's life easier. It only makes it harder. Uh, and ultimately seems like the direction they're going is to make public education, you know, weaker and weaker and, and less compelling uh, for, you know, they keep talking about how their number one priority is jobs and businesses coming in and they want people to come into the state. You know what's not going to like bring a state, you know, bring folks into the state is a crappy, crummy education system. You know, you need to have good workers to, to work in your plants. And if people aren't getting uh, educated, how in the heck are you going to have a good worker? Well, that's the thing. You can't. And th this has been, you know, I've been following this mess closely now for about four, five years, something like that. Um, I first started paying attention uh, with uh, the right to work bill um, in Frankfurt. And uh, my dad was a coal miner, a United Mine worker. And so um, I had gone to D.C. He was ill and could not go. I had gone for his pension and his health care benefits and that Mitch McConnell was holding up conveniently until election year. And so, you know, I kind of started paying attention then. And uh, the more that you see and the more that you watch, uh, I'm amazed at how contradictory this entire session has been. Like you have, you know, HB8 and you have, uh, you know, this bill where they're saying, oh, you know, we're going to throw people off the rolls and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And then you turn around and they're like, oh, but you know what? We really should help mental health. Are you kidding me? Like, what are we doing? Like, it's just one big circular firing squad there all the time. And it's like SB8, which is a bill that would kind of overhaul the foster care system. And is a, is a I think it's a decent little bill, right? But you've got this, and then you've got somebody in the house that files a bill that would make it legal to sue social workers. Like, personally. So what are we doing? You know, we're the worst state for child abuse. And, you know, you've got, oh, well, look at this pretty bill. But then you've got this horrific bill that's its counterpart. And it's almost like that, you know, used to, I used to say that they used to say stuff that, you know, they would gaslight you, but it would be like stretched out over like six months. So they would hope and you would forget it. But now it's like six minutes. You know, one of them will say one thing and the next thing you know, they're saying something completely different. And you're like, wait a minute, just like the whole local control situation, you know. Never in my life have I seen a bigger cluster than the whole local control argument, because here's what they're doing as far as teacher, you know, raises. And, and now I say teachers, I mean, all public school staff, you know, we've got people who are making nothing that are serving your kids breakfast every morning. They're working for their health insurance. And you're sitting here and you're telling me that you're going to give all these people mandatory raises, but yet local control for public school employees. You know, it's up to their districts. And keep in mind, they're districts who are not getting their transportation fully funded. They're districts that are not getting professional development fully funded. You know, so again, it's this whole big rigmarole. Local control is only good when it's their control. Yeah, yeah. And, and when the, it's yeah. not, 
then, you know, they got to have the government. I've never seen a bigger bunch of Republicans who are big government like I have these people sitting here right now. Well, hell, they tried to pass a bill that would tell private businesses they couldn't make their employees get vaccinated. Now, when is when have you ever seen a Republican try to get up in a, a business's business? It just doesn't happen. But it does this year. Because like there's a fair uh, there's a fair amount of hypocrisy, right? That local control argument is great when it you know it goes your way, right? And of course now they're like, oh, we we kicked the the mask issue. You couldn't have a statewide mask mandate. We you know put it down to the local you know decision makers to make that determination. Oh, now a lot of people are you know <laughs> too many of those local decision makers are saying we should have masks, so we're gonna like go ahead and get rid of all mask mandates. It just seems like we're shooting ourselves in the foot. Uh, it does seem like it's not long term thinking. Uh, but, you know, again, these are the folks we've elected. Right. So if we don't like what we're, we're what we're seeing from Frankfurt and we shouldn't just keep our eyes closed <laughs> to, to avoid seeing it, you know, uh, we got to put better folks uh, in office. And those are my words. I don't ascribe them to any of our guests. I know sometimes people are, are uh, don't want to get into the politics of it. But the reality of it is these guys are are doing what, you know, I think they set out to do. Uh, people just didn't ask, ask enough questions before they sent them to Frankfurt. Uh, but hey, don't worry about it because they just get they're giving themselves raises too. So you know. Uh, well, and that's the thing. And I would say, you know, if you would have said in a campaign flyer, an ad, a mailer, hey, I'm going to take your unemployment insurance and cut it from 26 weeks to 12 weeks. Then I'm going to take control of your school's curriculum. Oh, and you know what else I'm going to do? I'm also going to take away about 200,000 to 300,000 people's SNAP benefits and blah, blah, blah. You should vote for me. I wonder <laughs> would people actually do it? Because, you know, I mean, but that's what they're doing, you know. And, and the thing is, is that we're in such a toxic environment that, you know, people just buy into whatever soundbite they can, they can hold on to. And they're not really paying attention to the real issues, the 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 as as Andy used to say, what was the kitchen table issues? You know, things that affect your pocketbook, and things that affect your job, and it's maddening to watch. But here's the thing: I think that's the point. You know, I think the point has been to tire out public education folks to the point where they don't have the energy to fight. It's just like Kimberly said: they want to keep us sick, they want to keep us tired. They want to keep us hungry. And then we turn on each other, you know, because we don't have the will to fight anymore. And yeah. I think that's what we're seeing a lot, yeah. you know? Yeah. I think, or at a minimum, maybe they, you know, they want to just get you to quit paying attention to them, right? You know, like uh, if they just keep throwing this horrible stuff at you where you have to watch every single day and you see that like ultimately, you know, at least in this session, we haven't been able to block that many things, right? So they're able to kind of get away with what they want to get away with. It is very, dis, you know, disheartening to watch that process, right? So it's like, oh, I guess I'm going to just tune out again because, you know, there's always, you know, something more entertaining, certainly more entertaining <laughs> uh, than than watch the legislature on your on your computer or whatever. So, yeah, I think it's a really good point. And, we, you know, we need to rally the troops as much as possible, uh, but we also need to hold these guys accountable. The folks, you know, who are voting this way they got to come back to their district right and they got to get reelected, uh and we got to hold them hold them to account for what they've done while they were while they were in frankfurt well, the sad thing is is the people that are primer in these republicans are lunatics <laughs> and you know i mean i'm just gonna be on they're crazy you know uh 
they're even crazier than the ones that are in office. And so you're sitting there thinking, well, I mean, you know, it's who do you pick? And so, you know, Democrats have got to do a better job of throwing our names in the hat, in the ring and saying, hey, you know what? I might get the crap beat out of me, but I'm at least going to run. You know, um, you know, we've got to do a better job. We've got to unite. There's too much. You know, my dad always says, you know, talks about Ronald Reagan, says Republicans never speak ill of other Republicans. You know, but you see us all fighting all the time, you know, all over this or that or this or that. We can fight over uh, um, ideas and all this other stuff. <coughs> Excuse me. But when it all comes down, get in line. Let's hold the line together and let's, you know, quit, you know, playing these games. But there's too many people that's always trying to, you know, do all this stuff. It's frustrating, you know, and it, it's frustrating to watch. And, you know, we're in a world of hurt in Kentucky. I'm going to tell you, I. You know, I have a 14-year-old daughter, and I hope she gets the hell up out of here as soon as she gets out of school. Because this is no place, no place for a woman. This is no place for a black woman, a black person. This is no place for a trans woman or a trans man. And, you know, that's sad. That is sad because I love Kentucky. I've been here my whole life. Never wanted to go anywhere else. But you know what? This is not the Kentucky that I love and knew. You know, when I was growing up, you took care of each other. You know, you watched out for each other and you didn't put up with this foolishness. But now it's like I've said for a while, Kentuckians have forgotten what it's like to be a Kentuckian. You know, uh, fighting spirit, uh, you know, very pro-union. all this kind of stuff. And now, you know, it, we're a shell of ourselves. I mean, it's embarrassing, sideways embarrassing. Yeah, I hear you. And I, I care. We had Silas House on a few months back, and he kind of talked about that idea of that, that common good and where is it gone? You know, this Commonwealth was truly compassionate to one another and took care of their community. And I think you nailed it, Nima. You know, there, you know there's not a single unionized mine left in Kentucky, right? You know, that idea that, you know, we were a union state and we fought for workers, you know, that's that's long gone. You know, uh, my my father-in-law, who, um, you know, retired with a great pension, you know, gold plated medical insurance because of the UAW, Mm -hmm. got his head Mm -hmm. full of Fox News and now votes for Republicans. You know, it's just this. It doesn't make any sense to me at all. You know, how people get disconnected and turned around. You know, there's a lot of, you know, one of the reasons we started doing the show is we got to tell people what's happening, you know, in Frankfurt day in and day out. You know, thankfully, this is not a year round session because uh, that would be. That would well, be they real. want it to be. So let's just keep that real. They that's want true. to give themselves the authority. You know, that's the other thing that they're doing. They're just power grabbing. I mean, they want to they want to be the ones to approve every board member in the state of Kentucky. You know how many people that is? As far as like, you know, all these different boards and stuff that we've got in the state. Yep. I mean, we're talking 300, 400, however many people. They want to approve every single one of them. Yeah. They're giving power to the ag commissioner. Who, I mean, what, what does he do? And, 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 you know, and it's just like, it's just disgusting how they've just become. And I'll tell you what, I've talked to some folks who have left the legislature and we're Republicans, and 
they are completely mortified. You know, they said, you know, Nima, I thought we would be better. <laughs> you know, I mean, come on, give me a break. That was a nice dream to have. But power corrupts. And they are on a power trip like you would not believe. And it is disgusting. I mean, I've said for a while, you all probably seen me say it. You know, if I was Andy, I'd just get drunk and ride a big wheel around the Capitol and laugh and laugh and laugh and flip flops and let my hair grow out because they've taken just about everything away from him. <laughs> Except the mansion. That's probably next. They're probably going to give that to Stivers. I well, mean, yeah, why not? He lives there anyway. <laughs> we, I will say this for Andy's benefit. You know, thank God that Biden and, you know, the folks uh, in D.C. got the American Rescue Plan money through because by, uh, Andy's been able to give out some awfully big checks to communities that absolutely <laughs> need it. We had uh, the folks from uh, Martin County on last week. Uh, uh, talking about how, you know, how much of a need there is in their community for water systems. And thankfully, you know, kind of Andy recognized that there's a lot of communities around the, the, the Commonwealth that need better water systems, that need the broadband, that, you know, that need the infrastructure. And this American Rescue Act uh, funds, which is not even the bipartisan infrastructure law, which is a boatload of more money that will be coming. So, and, and thankfully, you know, Andy will be able to deliver a bunch of that, which is, which is wonderful. But yeah, but people you know. still bitch about that. Who's going to pay for it? You know, this state's so bad right now that you could give them all a free Cadillac and they'd bitch about the color. You know, I mean, that's just, you know, that's just the truth. And, you know, I've never seen anything like it. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's very frustrating. And I don't know, you know, it makes you insane to watch all this stuff happen. Ain't nobody happy watching Frankfurt doing anything. Uh, but it's a necessity if we're going to survive. And people need to realize that. And I've said for a long time, I'm, you know, people say I don't do politics. Well, that's fine because they're doing you. So either or, either or, you know, you at least pay attention because they bank on you not paying attention. And it doesn't take much. I mean, you can look at website, you know, Facebook pages like your guys. You can uh, watch what's going on on the news, even for 15, 20 minutes. You can. Uh, you know, look at the paper, even the free, you know, articles they get. I mean, it's not hard, but we've become so desensitized and so frustrated that we've just let them ramrod right over top of us. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Uh, lots of work to do for sure. We're glad of your work. I want to see if my co-hosts have any questions for you before uh, we need to wrap up the show. Uh, Doug, Kimberly, you got something you want to ask Nima? Well, right on. <laughs> uh, I, I, I just want to make, I, yeah, I'm going to ask you a tough question. No, I, I just want to make a comment. I have, follow your uh, tweets and all that, and I really appreciate all the work that you do. Uh, we need more people like you. We need more people like Ethan. Mm -hmm. um, we, we just need more people who are watching what is going on as opposed to uh, I don't know, going to the grocery store or the local beer hall or whatever and complaining about the way things are because they're going to be this way unless we come together as a commonwealth and work against this conservative movement that we have in Kentucky. Uh, amen. Amen. Absolutely. Kimberly, anything, any final thoughts you want to add in? Mm -hmm. Most definitely. First of all, um, Doug, I don't think it's a conservative movement. I think it is a demonic 
Darth Vader type of movement. Uh, I applaud Nima for being vocal, for being um, compassionate and uh, being passionate enough <laughs> about these issues because we have never seen anything like this in Kentucky. And I will say this, she was spot on the last net. Well, I'm going to just say the last straw on the camel's back, so to speak, but it's so true when you are not a white man in Kentucky, the stakes are higher. It's hard. It's hard smiling all the time when you know that 75% of your legislators don't give a damn about you. They don't care if you eat. They don't care if you die. They don't care about your kids. And and, and nope. as far as crime is concerned, they're probably saying, let them go and kill themselves. Because if we can find Bin Laden, we can surely find out where all the guns are coming from. So I just applaud Nima. And she's my type of girl. Let me tell you, she just says it like how it is. I love it. I love it. And I give her a 10. <laughs> well, I think you're pretty incredible too. I enjoyed your your spot, uh, your three minutes. That was a lot going into the three minutes. But I'm telling you guys, you know what? Um, I wait, honestly, wait a minute. Hold, hold on, Nima. Did you all hear what Nima said? I'm going by her time. She said three minutes. I just want to put that out there for the record. <laughs> it was well under five. For the record, I did not. You know, it was well under five. You did. You killed it. Amazing Nima, job. We, you got to look at us every week. We do this every week about my Delta eight because I do, you know, puff, puff, and I don't pass. <laughs> and about my time. <laughs> well, I think every, uh, every head shop in the state should be raising cane about that. And, you know, but again, where are they? I mean, you know, I mean, it's so funny to me, you know, and I say this, you know, Superman is not coming. He's not. We are our own Superman. And until we strap on that cape and head out there and put ourselves out there, it's not going to change. And, you know, it's hard being out there, you know, I mean, but the thing is, is nothing it is all on the line, y'all. All of it's on the line. And working people have got to stand together and quit all this foolishness bickering about this and this and this because we're getting crushed completely. And again, I go back, you know, to what Kimberly, if you are not a white man in this state, and no offense to Aaron or Doug, but I'm going to tell you right now, you've got a hard road to hoe. And better believe it. And they're not going to stop. They are not going to stop until we are all on our knees. Every one of us. Amen. So yeah. we got to get so together. We we can't stop. We won't stop. We're going to keep doing this show. Uh, but most importantly, we're going to use this show to tell folks, here's what's happening right now. And you got to get engaged. You heard about a number of bills tonight. I hope everyone has the, the, the legislative comment line, you know, in their phone, ready to go. You know, we got to make those calls. I know it's like, you know, it feels like it's not enough and it's not enough, but it's what we got. And you got to show up when groups are organizing you to get there, you know, show your face. You know, the reason that 120 Strong was able to, to do what they did historically to stop the horrible, horrible uh, efforts to, uh, to cut pensions is because they showed up and would not be ignored. Uh, and unfortunately with this current crew, you know, in charge uh, in the circus, you got to show up. 
you can't just call them politely. I mean, but calls matter. The calls are better than nothing. But you know, checking out is not an option if you want to if you want this Commonwealth to get any better because the way they're going, they are driving it into the ditch right now. Well, I just want to add one more thing before we have to go. You know, today I sat there and watched uh, the them pass the sign the NLI uh, bill, and every elected that could get their face right next to Coach Cal was right up in there. Every single one of them. You know, I've never seen the bill go fast, so fast through through before my entire life. And I kept thinking to myself, imagine the folks that have been have been advocating for medical marijuana for God only knows how long. Imagine like people like us that have been just just asking you to get your hands around stop around around our throats. Let us breathe for a second, for God's sakes. But you know what? They broke their necks to pass that bill. And I'm gonna tell you. If I was a, a an elite athlete looking at Kentucky, I wouldn't come here for the same reasons I said earlier. I'd be looking at it going, you passing a CRT bill? You you know, you hate, uh, you know, anything that's not like you. I'm not coming there to play. I wouldn't want Kentucky on my chest. You know, it's an embarrassment. And I'll tell you what, I'd love to see some athletes boycott and say we ain't coming there. Maybe then people start changing their minds. Because apparently all we care about is basketball. I think they're all going to come to U of L. I'm sorry. <laughs> still in the same state. It's still in the same state. The same crew is running. Well, the they not. You know, we don't even have a real coach yet. So you know, <laughs> nobody's taking pictures at, with the Republicans at University of Louisville. I mean, listen, well, alma mater. Whatever it takes to My get it done. Up forever. Yeah. So anyway, you know, it just it just pisses you off. You know, if you can pass a bill like that, lickety split to help student athletes. But what are you doing to help students? Amen. Amen. All right. So, Nima, I just want to say thanks. You've got an open invitation. You're welcome here anytime. Uh, but we do need to close out our show. Yep. Uh, so uh, thank you so much for uh, for sharing your views, your perspectives, your colorful uh, stories. Uh, and you've got a way with words. That's for sure. Uh, so we, we got a couple of things we're asking folks to take advantage of, uh, which is an opportunity to get involved, right? Uh, our call to action and events calendar. We need you. Uh, I've mentioned a couple of times this show, we are not messing around. We're going to make our state more politically engaged. We're going to win more progressive representation. We've got a plan to do it, but we need you to kick uh, in some time and energy. Uh, we have got some canvassing happening. We're going to be calling or knocking on doors in critical swing precincts to uh, figure out the right way to get disengaged uh, Democrats and independents engaged. All the things we just talked about, right, uh, about how to make our uh, our state better, it comes down to voting uh, better people in. That means we need to get those voters motivated. You can sign up, just uh, shoot an email to info at progressky.org, uh, and we can hook you up with the calling or the canvassing we're going to be doing. Uh, we're looking at the weather. <laughs> it very well could be uh, awfully cold. So we're going to think about the right way uh, to do this, to make sure everyone is, uh, you know, uh, comfortable out there uh, taking advantage of this opportunity. So uh, a few other things that are happening, uh, KFTC and Hood to the Holler are doing a voter rights issue introduction webinar uh, on the 22nd of March. Of course, that's a few days after the 18th of March. What's happening on the 18th of March, everybody? We're calling for animals. We're calling for rescue pets. That's uh, and then uh, beyond that, I think there are a few other 
activities we'll throw into the run of show so everyone can see them uh, or our show notes. Uh, but here, I think I'm going to go ahead and throw the uh, the close of the show to my dear friend Kimberly. Thank you, thank you. Um, I think I think Nima needs to come back next week. <laughs> my God, that girl is awesome. Okay, and Ethan, oh, he was so precious. Oh, he's such a precious. He has that heart as young as he is. And if they could just see his heart, they would make rescue animals, the rescue dogs, the state dog. But, you know, we're coming back next week. Yes, yes, yes. And I won't be looking like this. Uh, Judge Viles made me get on here quickly. I was coming from the doctor. Uh in a bad automobile accident last week, but, um, you know, I love you guys. So I make the sacrifice. Uh, let me do the disclaimer first. Progress Kentucky is a nonprofit organization registered with the Kentucky secretary of state organized as a 501 C four is affiliated with the individual project and the Commonwealth Alliance voter engagement known as cave progress. Kentucky's goal is to educate, organize, increase, voter turnout and advance a progressive agenda through civic engagement some graphic content was provided by couch fire media and you can see more of their work at couchfiremedia.com also i would be amiss if i did not give all the accolades to uh, my sister in the fight for democracy, our own Miss Annabelle Nagel, our social media chair. Uh, she just does a great job every week. And I just love to just, just tell her every week how wonderful she is. Now, to let you know, the Jones Report is coming back this Sunday. Yes, 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 yes. And it's going to be a doozy. So you do not want to miss it. Uh, we'll probably put some information on this page as well. Be looking out. Uh, for exactly what time it's going to be coming on. We're going to be giving out some prizes and different things like that. So you want to win some money, you want to win some prizes, you better be watching the Jones Report. Uh, also, thank you, Nate. I like to call him Nate Dog. Uh, for the song that you hear every week, you can hear more of his songs on natosongs.com, N-A-T-O, songs.com. And if you miss our weekly live stream, do not fret, my pet. You can go back on our Facebook page and see that. Also, we're on Instagram, to, to, uh, I was going to say Tudor, I meant Twitter, and YouTube. And also, if you don't want to look at Judge Aaron Viles or Dougie Fresh or Nate Dog, and I know you all always want to see me, but anyway, you can always listen to us uh, audio style on anywhere that you listen to your podcast. I guarantee you'll find it. So you, we've had a great time tonight. This was such a heartwarming, um, just spectacular special show tonight. We ran a little bit over because it was so many important things to talk about. We hope that you were able to retain some of the stuff. Put in the comments what you were taking away from the show tonight. We'd like to know. You know, let us know how you feel about the show. It always helps us to do better or do more of what you like. So until then, thank you to the best host this side of the Mississippi, besides myself, of course, that would be Aaron Viles. Dougie Fresh always has the information. And to our moderators tonight, Mr. Nate Orshan 
on the comment section. And until next week, we'll be here, same bat channel, same time, and do something nice for somebody this week. Doesn't cost you much just to say hi. Pick up the phone, make a phone call to someone. Leave the texting and the emails alone for a second. We need the human voice and touch. We've been locked up for so long. So until then, everybody, have a good week. See you then next week. Do you follow politics? Of course you do. That's why you're watching this video. So I invite you to add Forward Kentucky to your politics sources. Forward Kentucky is an organization devoted to covering Kentucky politics, policy, and politicians. Our tagline is objective news, effective policy, and progressive commentary. We've got lots of ways for you to keep up from the website itself, to our podcasts, to our posts on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Reddit, to our YouTube and TikTok channels. And we've got a newsletter you can get for free. Just go to forwardky.com to learn more and to sign up. Forward Kentucky, the progressive voice for Kentucky politics.